0: Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. You're probably sitting there thinking, well, that's an interesting scripture for Mother's Day. But when you think about it, I have two brothers. Anything a little boy picks up is a weapon, right? Little boys like to play with stuff even if it's a little matchbox car somehow it can be turned into a weapon and this is no doubt a story that most of us are probably familiar with that's one that especially you know the men that if your mother taught you scripture when 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 you were younger or read you scripture this is probably one of the stories because it's a battle it's a fight someone gets their head cut off But it also relates to to mothers in the respect of of mothers and, and God's love for us as a mother loves her child. There's no doubt about that. Mothers love their children. And mothers would do anything for their children, no doubt. And we've heard stories like that. We've read stories. And maybe you have your own stories about what you did for your child. And we'll see that here today. The last time in our study, we saw God rejecting Saul, who was the king of Israel. And God instructs Samuel to go to the house of Jesse in Bethlehem and anoint one of his sons as the new king. As we saw last week, Samuel sees the eldest son, gets ready to anoint him, and God says, no. So Samuel continues to look at all of Jesse's sons, Until only the young shepherd boy, David, is left. And God tells Samuel, that's the one. And we said that Samuel needed to learn a lesson. That God looks at the heart of a person. Looks at the inside. Looks at their entire self. Not just what they look like on the outside. God knows our hearts. He uses us. As we are. And he molds us into what he wants us to be. If we allow him to. And that's where a little bit of a difference comes with with mothers and their children. God knows our hearts. God knows what we're truly like. Mothers think their children are angels. Because they are angels to them. But David was chosen to be king. Because God knew his heart. And we see David trusting in God in our scripture again this morning. At the end of chapter chapter 16, we see the spirit of God left Saul, the king. The spirit of God left him, and a tormenting spirit came upon Saul. And this caused Saul great mood swings. It brought him into depression, anxiety. Fear. He thought people were out to get him. In order to cheer, to cheer himself up, he requested some music to be played. And when you're the king, you get what you want. So King Saul has someone to has someone in his court say, "Find me a musician." They go out and they find David, who plays the harp. And that's how David gets in with King Saul. Of course, as I mentioned, today's lesson is very familiar to all of us. David taking on Goliath. As I said, it's probably a story that we heard of when we were kids. Especially from a a little boy's perspective, it's a cool story. But we know how the story goes. Goliath was this big giant. And every day he would go out and he would challenge the Israelites to fight. Who will fight me today? The Israelites were scared out of their minds. No way did they want to fight this giant. And from a human standpoint, I can understand why. Goliath was a warrior, he was a giant, as I said. This is like the Arnold Schwarzenegger, this is the Terminator. This is Rambo. You don't mess with guys like that. And so the Israelites were scared out of their minds. They were petrified. But from a spiritual standpoint, the Israelites had forgotten one big thing. They would forgotten that they had God on their side. And God promised to be with them. They were simply laughing in their faith. God promised them victory. And that goes way back to Deuteronomy, chapter 6. God says, if you obey me, I'll give you victory. I'll be with you. If you disobey me, and then he lists a whole long list of stuff that's going to happen. And this is where David enters the picture. David, a man after God's own heart. He shows up on the battlefield as just a servant. He was bringing the, the troops some food. Some supplies. And he sees this guy out there, Goliath, taunting God's people, taunting the Israelites, taunting the soldiers. So David starts to question the troops. Why why do you let this guy do this to you? Why do you let him taunt you? Why do you let you defy him, defy you, and intimidate and embarrass you? You are the army of God. Why do you stand for this? So here's this little shepherd boy out mouthing off to a bunch of soldiers. David's older brother hears about this and basically tells David, hit the road, take a hike, get lost. No doubt he's a little bit jealous. You know. After all, this is a little shepherd kid, not a, not a soldier. But King Saul hears about David out there shooting his mouth off. And so King Saul sends for David. And David convinces Saul that, hey, I can take this giant out if you give me the opportunity. And again, from a human standpoint, this is absolutely ridiculous. Sending a young, he's probably 14, 15, 16, probably no older than 18 or 19. So sending this this young boy, this adolescent, this teenager, out to fight this warrior. That's crazy. But David convinces Saul, and Saul does it. He lets him go. Saul was taking quite a risk here. You know, when you think about it, normally we as as people, we as leaders, select people who are humanly qualified to do a job. You know, if you wanted some type of medical treatment done, you wouldn't give me a, a call and say, hey i got a toothache, would you pull my tooth or whatever? No, you would call the dentist, or you would call the doctor for a test. So we call people that are qualified to do the job. And the same with us. Normally we take on responsibilities that we're able to handle. Sure, our faith is important, but it doesn't remove the need for qualified people to do certain things. And we look at David and we say, well, he's not a a soldier. But when you look at David's life, he relied on God for strength and God for guidance. As part of his conversation with Saul, David tells about his experience protecting his sheep. Yeah, he's not a soldier, but a shepherd protects the sheep. And he said, I had to fight off bears and lions. And he was successful. Not because David was this big hulking guy, but because he had faith in God. And God was with him. It was because of his experiences that David is confident that he can defeat defeat Goliath. David knows that God was with him in the past, is currently with him, and will be with him in the future as well. And the same applies to us today also. God has always been with us. God is with us now, and He always will be with us. And when you think back in your life to some of the things that happened, you can see God's hand at work. It may be God's providing hand, God's protecting hand, or it may be God's disciplining hand. But he's always there. Like our mothers, they're always there for us. When you need them, they're there. God is there as well. No doubt your mother, as a child, your mother helped you through difficult times. You got injured. She put some, probably during all your times, it was that red iodine stuff that went on all your wounds. And sometimes I think the mothers had a little bit of fun whenever they told you, you know, you fall off your bike, you're going to, you're going to get hurt, and you're going to get scraped. And that happens. And then they put this stuff on there and it's, it hurts so bad. I think as a mother, it would be, I told you so. But no doubt that happens. But they were there. And the same through difficult times, they were there. They were there for joyous times. And God is there as well. But it's time for the battle. David grabs a couple rocks. He grabs five rocks. And the reason why he grabs five rocks is not really spelled out here in Scripture. It's the fact that David, uh, Goliath, had four brothers. So David wasn't just about to take on Goliath. He was prepared to take on Goliath's brothers as well. That whole family thing comes back into play. You know, you're going to take out my brother. You're going to be in trouble. You're messing with my family. So David grabs five stones, one for each of the, the... the family of Goliath. But he heads out to face the giant. And basically, Goliath looks at this little scrawny kid and laughs in his face. And he continuously insults David. And he insults David's God. This Goliath had quite an attitude. But you know, David has something better. He comes in faith with God on his side. Of course, we know how the story ends. David flings the rock at Goliath knocks him to the ground, grabs Goliath's sword, and, and cuts off his head. And of course, the story ends. Everyone lives happily ever after. Because that's the way stories end, right? Well, not quite in this case, as we'll continue to see in the coming weeks. But the key lesson this morning is the fact that the battle is the Lord's. We must trust in God's word. And, of course, to do that, we need to know His Word. We need to read it, study it, and place it into action in our life. These Israelites, they knew God's Word. This was God's people. They knew God's Word. They knew they were chosen by God. They knew that God would protect them, but yet they failed to take their faith and place it into action. One of the things you'll probably be reading about Going forward is a call to action. Putting our faith into action. And it's not just us as United Methodists, it's not just Presbyterians or whatever. Maybe some of you have watched T V and the Catholic Church has been running ads recently having you know, inviting people to come back to the faith, to call to action. You're sure you haven't lost your faith, but come back to the church and put your faith back into action. And we're going to see that going going forward, because now is the time for action. We all face struggles each and every day of our life. Maybe we have a, a massive Goliath, a massive massive problem right now that we're trying to deal with. But we must put our faith in God and put our faith into action like David did. Trust that God will see us through whatever situation we're facing. And we are facing a change here in this church comes July 1st. And we simply need to trust that God will see us through. One of the the great myths that, that we tell our children, especially today, is that if you set your mind to it, you can do anything. Well, That's just not true. It really isn't. It's a nice thing to say. It builds encouragement. But it's not true. There are certain things that I will never be able to do, no matter how much I set my mind to it. And we know the, the message of the world is simply victory goes to the strong and the spoils of victory to those who are powerful. But that's not God's way. When we looked at the Sermon on the Mount several uh, several weeks ago, we saw blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the humble. Blessed are the weak. And so on. See, God has some different ideas. He has some different ways of looking at things and doing things. And David represents those ideas to us. David sums it up best right there in verse 47, right before he kills Goliath. He says, and everyone will know that the Lord does not need weapons to rescue his people. It is his battle, not ours. The Lord will give you to us. Sure, none of us are out there physically fighting battles today. But we do fight our own battles. We fight our own struggles, our own temptations. And the battle is the Lord's. And we ultimately have victory Through Jesus Christ. We can do nothing on our own. But we can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens us. All things truly do work for good. For those who love God. And are called according to his will. And our purposes. Let those be our words to live by. This week. Place your faith into action. Trust God and leave the results up to Him. Let's close with a prayer this morning. Lord, we thank you for these words of wisdom to us this morning. Help us to truly trust in your word and act in ways that show our trust and confidence in your providence over our lives. Help us to realize that the ways in which you are with us, we know that the battle is yours and not ours. We give you thanks for always being with us and ask for your continued patience with us through our journey in life. It's in Jesus' precious name that we pray and give thanks. Amen.